Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to chase your joy, find alignment, and create a life and a business that you love using actionable methods, interviews, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host, your always hype woman and sometimes ass kicker, Amanda Chills, and I am so proud of you for choosing to step into your power. Come along, we've got dreams to build. Okay, my love, I have put everything that I offer for free on one page so that we are not doing more work than we have to because why would we do that? Hashtag work smarter, not harder. So livemyhappyhealth.com slash free. You are going to find everything I've created for not only leveling up in your personal life and building a life that you love, but leveling up in your business life and building a business that you love. Okay livemyhappyhealth.com slash free. Love you. Hello, hello, Root of Power fam. We have got another therapist for you. So you get to hear two clinicians talk, which is so fun because the, the knowledge that you have when you're clinical is just so specialized. So Danielle Turner is the founder, CEO, HBIC of Inner You. She is a self-care advocate, another podcast host and author, goals, by the way, and does clinical work. So she kind of is multi-passionate, multi-successful, multi-faceted. I think we, we, yeah, yes, ma'am, please here on a silver platter. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Oh, I'm, I'm. Yes, very excited. We were just talking about how we had some, we, how I had some chicken drama this morning. You also had chicken drama. I'd be like, that is bananas. <laughs> so how did you get into this work? I'm always, I love to start off with that question because I'm always like, yes, tell me your roadmap. Um, how did you get into clinical work? I kind of fell into it actually. So I was, I worked for child protection for about 20 years and I started off. Yeah, I started off as a secretary and I saw that there were other individuals in the office. They were going to school um, on this weekend program and it was for human services. So at that point, I already had a bachelor's degree in um, legal studies because my my dream was to be a paralegal. Okay, Uh, That never happened. And so I was like, I don't have anything else to do with my life. Let me go back to school and get a degree. (laughs) So I went back to get a degree in human services. Mm -hmm. And I then started working as a social worker for child protection. And I just kind of fell into it. And then throughout my career in child protection, I was like, you know, I kind of feel like I want to navigate to another population and so yeah. that's when I went back and started working on like those clinical hours, got my master's degree, started working on my clinical hours and got licensed. Um, ended up leaving child protection after like 20 years to wow. start working with adults um, at a psych hospital. So, yeah. yeah. So that's completely opposite. <laughs> yes. From kids to now adults in a psych unit, yeah. um, like mental health clinic. And then from there... It was kind of like I I have had my own mental health challenges. Mm-hmm. And through that process, even though I got the help that I needed, I really mm-hmm. didn't feel like there were any therapists that I could relate to that yeah. were like 
my thing. I did the things that I did or, you know, it was always like, so tell me how you feel, you know, and kind of writing in their notebooks. (laughs) (laughs) It's just funny because I have a notebook in all of my sessions. (laughs) (laughs) I needed some interaction. And so I felt like I needed to get out there and be that therapist. And that's be human. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah, and be relatable. Because yeah. I feel like when you're in therapy, I want to know that my therapist actually like goes to a movie. Right. <laughs> like, did you have a drink on the weekend? Like, <laughs> are you a human being? Exactly. Exactly. You know what? I love that you started there because I, um, people that know me in real life know that I have been called unprofessional mm-hmm. my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't trust authority that doesn't earn it. I question a lot of things, things that don't make sense to me. I don't typically do unless I have to. Mm -hmm. Um, I have blue hair. I work out of a farm. Like my sessions are at the farm, like literally with turkeys, with roosters screaming Mm -hmm. into the void as they do. I'm like (laughs) mood, bro. With like, I had, I've had baby goats born during sessions. Like I've had to take care of animals during sessions on the fly. Like, it's very, very chaotic, <laughs> but it's very human, right? Like mm-hmm. my clients know that I have a partner. My clients know that I like, you know, probably love sushi, like the humanness. Okay. There was a point to this. Like I have found in the last like five or 10 years, and I think social media has helped this, but who knows mm-hmm. that the amount of like the humanity has come back into counseling because I can't tell you how many times I hear like, well, I really thought it was going to be like somebody in an office who who just sat there and judged me and like I don't know anything about them. And I don't know about for you, but when I was going through my master's program, they were so hard-lined about clients never knowing anything. You never share anything. No self-disclosure, blah, 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 blah. Exactly. And I'm just like, that mm-hmm. is gross, first of all. No, thank you. Like if I have a client who has gone through um like an abusive relationship, like I share that, hey, mm-hmm. been here, done that. That are the same way. Yeah. <laughs> you know how you feel? Yeah. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I saw this movie over the weekend. Have you seen it? We talk yeah. about stranger things and Netflix. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I think it's so nice to hear mm-hmm. other clinicians who are like, you know what? I'm not here because I'm a blank wall that you get to Exactly. You can talk to a cow, right? Like it, that doesn't, that's not the same thing as someone who's human, who's the relationship. And it makes me so happy that like you saw that gap because it is, it is still very, very prevalent where clinicians are like, I can't share anything and I'm a fucking robot. And it's like, but why, why can't you be human? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I love that. Like, oh, I bet your clients love it. Oh my God. I, I tell my clients from the beginning, I give them my little spiel at the beginning. And yeah. one thing I say is I'm very transparent. Mm-hmm. So everything you've been through, I've been there. There's, there's not too many people that come see me and I'll be like, Oh yeah, never experienced that. Like <laughs> been there, done that. Mm-hmm. You know, or at least on some level, like we can relate on a human level. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. You know, when I go to the, we go, we go to the same brunch places, we shop in the same places, you know, and, and I, you know, one thing that for me was a struggle when I was going through therapy was like, so you know how like your hair is blue, right? So 
I love colors. Next week, my hair might be purple. This so week, my hair is blonde. And yes. so I would go to therapy and they would say, well, your hair was, was blonde last week, but now it's purple. Like there was no kind of like relating and that really, and I know that might sound really minor, but that really bothered me for yeah. some reason. Like I'm not here to focus on my hair, but if you were understanding relatable, you would know that just as women, we yeah. like change up our hair and do some different things. <laughs> you know what's funny is when my clients change their hair, I say, oh, did we have a breakdown? I know, right? <laughs> and they're like, okay, I may have. And I decided to dye my hair instead. And I'm like, relate. And then I'm like, my clients must think that I have breakdowns on the regular. Because <laughs> as women, the first thing we do is we want to change our hair. Uh, one, yeah, we're like, oh, I'm going to have a mental breakdown. I can like, you know, go off the rails or I can dye my hair. And I'm always like, oh yeah, what'd you go through? <laughs> and I was going through it, but no one could understand that. Oh, it's, yeah. You know, and that it, makes it so lonely, right? It, like the whole point, the whole point of therapy, and I will die on this hill, is like, to fix your wounds in relationship. That's the point of therapy. If And I tell people all the time, like, if you don't like your therapist as a human, not that you have to be friends with them, not that you, like, know them intimately, right? That's obviously inappropriate. But, like, if you don't vibe with them as a human being, Mm-hmm. that's a problem. You're not going to open up to someone who you feel uncomfortable with coach, no. like business coach, you know, you don't have to want to be their friend, but like you do have to vibe with them at exactly. least. Exactly, I agree. And if I never know that you go to a grocery store, like what, what do you eat? You know, right. like just basically right. <laughs> what do you eat? <laughs> Their pants. Right. <laughs> what I eat. Basic, simple. And I'm not saying I need to, you need to devote your whole life to anyone. Right, right. Just be basic, simple. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went out to dinner last week. I yeah. know you're human. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's. I think that's been something that's missing, and I think it's still missing a lot in the medical field. Like, obviously, you don't. Oh. Most people don't see a doctor as much as like a therapist. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just so lovely to see. Like, I see so many now who open up and like. It was so taboo for so long to talk about like your struggles as a therapist, but like I, and I, and I know that you see it, like people relate to it so hard and they're like, oh, because people too, like they come in and they think that we're perfect. They think mm-hmm. that we, nothing ever happens to us because we do this work and we're so far ahead of them and mm-hmm. we don't have problems, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh no, boo. <laughs> <laughs> I've done this work for longer, so I'm. I have I had a lot more practice at it, but like I have nights where I stay up and I can't sleep. I have, I have people that I cuss out. I don't always speak. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about my feelings. Like I can't tell you how many times the guy I'm seeing is like, we have to talk about our feelings. And I'm like, that sounds gross. I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, thank you. And he's like, Amanda. And I'm like, no, I'm just. But we can talk about Stranger Things, though. I just, yeah, we can talk about Stranger Things, and I'm going to pout about this, and I'm not going to talk to you about it. So, like, like when I tell my clients, I'm like, you have to talk to people, and they're like, no, thank you. And I'm like, yeah, vibes, but, like, we have to do it. <laughs> That's so nice. How did you fall into um, psychiatric clinical? That is, That is a very intense population. So you went from, like, an intense population where you have so many systemic barriers, and I can only imagine – how much mm, different impact, how much harder, how fill in the adjective that you would like. But like as a woman of color, Mm -hmm. 
it mostly like those systems affect and harm and have a much bigger impact on communities of color. Like there are so, so many systemic barriers Mm -hmm. that white people just don't experience. Like it's so different. So Mm -hmm. how one question was like, as a woman of color, as a clinician of color, what was that like being in the child protective system that has tries to do its best in a system that has many holes. Um, and in the psychiatric system that like, again, tries to do its best, but is not really set up Mm -hmm. because the systemic barriers, the system is not designed to get people out of the system. So what has that been like for you? So when working in child protection, I went from the agency where most of my peers, coworkers, supervisors, higher ups were people of color. Um, because I was in the, the urban area, right? Yeah. I wasn't like out in the, the, the other communities. And mm-hmm. now I'm in a psychiatric setting where I am the only black person in the whole building. Wow. So there are other people of color, like Latinos and, you know, Hispanics, yeah. but I am the only African American person in the whole wow. building. Um, so I went from yeah. a lot of me to, just one of me. Yeah. You know, and um, I don't know that it was necessarily a hard transition. I feel like sometimes working in the, the hospital setting, there are things that we just don't talk about, you know? So when, when there's things happening in the world that are affecting people of color, we don't talk about those things versus in child protection, things that were happening in the world, we were, we were discussing those things, you know, because the things that happen in the world definitely impact you, I feel like, as a clinician. Yes. You now have to be able to support and hold space for your clients mm-hmm. are impacted by the events of the world. Right. Even if it's not happening to them, they still are grieving some things right. or feeling anxious about some things. Yeah. And you need to be able to hold space for them. So it's kind of hard when you don't have the space for someone to hold it for you. If that yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, like a really a really recent example for for me was the Roe v. Wade being overturned. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I live in North Carolina. Okay, mm-hmm. currently it's protected, but if we get a Republican majority, yeah. it is gone. Same thing in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So I had to have one like it wrecked my nervous system. <laughs> like, it mm-hmm. took me days to re-regulate, mm-hmm. but then I had to turn around and continue. Like I had clients scheduled, and I can't just be like. You know, well, I technically I could. Yeah. But I was like, no, like you need the support. I can, I have my own time that I can regulate and do things, mm-hmm. but also having to have the same conversation multiple times, like talking them off a ledge that I am also standing on, mm-hmm. <laughs> like depending on the time of day and having to educate about, you know, how the government works and how like birth control and all these things. Right. So like not only that, but I live in a pretty country rural area, but like people can open carry here. Mm-hmm. So anytime there is, and I work a lot with um, first responders. Mm-hmm. So like anytime there's a mass shooting, mm-hmm. like, and that primarily people were doing it in communities of color. So it's like all these levels that, yeah. Yeah. It gets a little tough. And yeah. the house- Setting, I'm more, what's the word? 
I want to say more laid back. I definitely will support my clients there when when they're struggling with something that's happening in the world versus in my private practice. I can be a little bit more free, I guess. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. That, you know, right. To like really, really dive deep into, mm-hmm. you know, difficult conversations. I call those courageous conversations. Oh, I love that phrase. You know, and so having those courageous conversations, whether it's a client of color or a client that's not of color, you Mm -hmm. know, all of my clients, we talk about all things, everything, regardless of what race they are or nationality or any of those things. Which I think is another, another thing that like courageous clinicians, hashtag, (laughs) um, are also doing is like, Hashtag courageous clinicians. That's actually really good. Like I'm gonna use that. Okay, we like that. Yeah, yeah. We made it up. It's good. Um, I was also taught to not discuss um beliefs, like personal beliefs, mm-hmm. and you know, sticky topics like race and political beliefs and religious beliefs and things like that. Um, which does not sit well with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I live in a rural southern state very very republican mm-hmm. which i don't care like i will help whoever wants help exactly but also like we had um so i'm are you a member of like any like clinician facebook groups or anything like that yeah. okay so from time to time i will see someone who's like what do you do if a client says something like racist in session or who says something homophobic in session mm-hmm. or transphobic things like that yes kitty we also don't like them mm-hmm. <laughs> and I take the stance of like, I confront that you can listen. I can't control what you do when you leave my driveway, mm-hmm. but you're going to be damn sure that you are never going to say those things in my presence. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I can educate on, I can help them understand where that beliefs comes from exactly. because it harms people. It mm-hmm. harms them. And mm-hmm. if you're in therapy, typically you don't want to harm people. Like, right. Do you want to do better? So right. like, that's a conversation we need to have. And I think, oh, this is going to be spicy. I think a lot of clinicians are cowards. Mm. And I think a lot of clinicians swallow that because it protects them from ever having to have that courageous conversation. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And they're I like, well, I can't talk about my beliefs. And it's like, you allow your clients, first of all, to say things that may be triggering to you. Right. No, thank you. Hell No. Mm-hmm. And two, that harm people in your community that your job is mm-hmm. to support. Right, right. You don't get to be a coward about that. Right. I agree. I'm apparently much more mad about that than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. But you're, you're letting it out. So. I'm mad about it. <laughs> Not being cowards. You're letting it out. That's a good thing. I appreciate I you holding space for me. <laughs> I got you. I got you, girl. I got you. <laughs> I'm very big on educating, you know, because again, your belief yes. is your belief. And if that's what you believe, then who am I to judge you for believing that? But let's right. have a conversation about it. Let's talk about it. Let's see where that's, like you said, where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. And just giving you a different perspective. If you walk out this door, you still want to say those words by all means. But that's at least I gave you, right. I gave you another way to look at things. Yeah. Yeah, which is important. Yeah. So you do both. You do a lot of things. Like you, you work in the hospital setting. Yes. And is your, like your psych hospital, is it like a crisis hospital where people come and they like typically stay seven to 10 days? Like what is the um, program like? So we have two components where we have our inpatient and then we have our outpatient clinic. Um, right now, my role is the intake person. So I do all the assessments 
of individuals mm-hmm. coming in looking for services and then yeah. I kind of build them out to other areas. Um, and then kind of, we also do like an IOP and a PHP, which is outpatient or partial hospitalization program. So I'm kind of the backup for those ladies who run those programs as well. So if they have any crisis going on, I'm the person who kind of comes in to help that client do that crisis throughout the day. So, um, but yeah, but then I also have my private practice Mm -hmm. um, that I see. Then I just do individual adults. So awesome. Yeah. And then my podcast and yeah. Something else. <laughs> Your self-care advocacy. My self-care Um, author. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's enough. <laughs> Never enough. We want to do more things. I know. <laughs> My brain is like, hey, Amanda, you should write a book. And I'm like, hey, Amanda, you should you know, downsize your client load weekly first. And then I'm like, no, what if I just started writing now? <laughs> like, just listen, start it. jotting it down. Just start jotting it down. Listen, yeah, it's... It's a thing that's been on my brain for a while. So those are very different settings. I actually love assessment work because it's relatively, maybe easy is not the right word because depending on volume and like what you're hearing, it can be difficult, but it's not like you're not digging in, right? So you're just like, okay, tell me your thing and, and I will help place you. Um, what's it like working in the in a system where you see a lot of like my EMS people will call them frequent flyers. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if these have like a separate term, but because you you do see a lot like hospitals. I don't think people understand that like inpatient hospitals, because why would they if they don't experience them? Um, they fill in a gap of lack of access to healthcare yes. and people who can't afford healthcare, which yes. I guess also is lack of access, but like you can't go to an urgent care with a mental health emergency. Like they're going to send you to a psych hospital. So yes. you guys on a gap for so many people. Yes. So yes. how has that been for you? And I can imagine this fed into the self-care and preventing burnout and managing burnout because it's very, very hard to see the same people. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, devastating. It is. That is one, one of the reasons why I wanted to switch over to the role where I'm doing the assessments mm. because they, you're, you're in and out. So yeah, I'm getting all the information that I need to give you a good di- diagnosis and assess what's going on for you. And then I'm feeling you out to other people within the clinic. Yeah. Um, versus your cast, you know, I'm, I'm working with you ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked for a crisis hotline at one point and there would be individuals who would literally hang up and then call back. Um, you know, and, and it honest, it would get frustrating at times, right? Cause you, Oh yeah. I just talked to you 15 minutes ago. Right. Just, How oh, are you in crisis again? Right. And now you're, you're calling back, you know? And so you really have to take care of yourself when you're doing this work. Um, but for me, the self-care part really came in when I was going through my own mental health challenges mm-hmm. and I needed to learn to take care of me. And so, so I, what were some strategies that you used? One, what were some that didn't work mm-hmm. that you tried? And what were some that you found? Because that'll be different for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Like some things like I do not run ever. Mm. I'm not going to do that. But I have a client who's like, I run every morning. And I'm like, you're probably a psychopath, but it's fine. <laughs> I love that for you, boo. I will never be doing that. Never. <laughs> Not on purpose anyway. Like long runs, no thank you. My coach program sprints because I asked her to and I'm like, I hate you. Right now, so much- asked for these and I'm like, I know, but I'm mad about it. It's fine. 
if someone's chasing me, then of course. Right. Listen, even if I were running from a bear, I'd be like, oh my God, bear, Pat. I love bear. And then I would get mauled and then I would be like, you know what? This is on brand for how I'm going to die. Right. right. <laughs> so what were some things that you tried that didn't work? Mm-hmm. And then what did you, like, what do you do ongoing that works? So the gym is not my thing. Tried it. Doesn't work yeah. for me. I'd rather get on my treadmill at home and, you know, de-stress that way. Nice. Um, I am very big on, so for some people going to the spa or getting their nails done or their hair done, those are things that are self-care for them. Mm-hmm. For me, that's maintenance because those are just mm-hmm. things that I've always done. Um, so I like, that, that you, I like that you differentiate that. Oh yeah. We can dig into that after. Right. So that's not really self-care for me. That's, I need to get my nails done because that's what I've been doing all yeah. my life. Right. So even, even in my worst spiral, I still came out the house on point. Like my nails are, yeah. done. Those are done. my hair <laughs> like with a hot girl summer all year round. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you're fun. So you wouldn't know that I necessarily was having a depressive episode because I still did those things. So for me, those are maintenance. Um, The things that actually do work for me, one is setting boundaries is very important. I had to learn to do that. Um, I had to learn to say no at times. And I had to learn to really start taking care of me and doing the things that I enjoy. First and foremost, one thing that I'm very big on is in the mornings, I take 10 or 15 minutes and I do some journaling and some self-reflecting and some gratitude and affirming and setting my intentions for the day and my man, what I'm manifesting, um, actually just created a morning mindset journal. Um, I was just going to say, you should do that. That's on Amazon. Um, The ultimate interview morning mindset workbook. Um, because I'm very big on, you have to set your intentions for the day because that sets your whole day. And even when things right after this episode, (laughs) even when things pop up, you're able to manage it a little Mm -hmm. bit better. Um, so that really, really works for me going to brunch with my friends, you know, going to the beach. Like that's my thing. I love to travel. So I'm very big on, I'm going to work very hard so I can have these four or five vacations per year. You know, like those are, those are the things that really, really sit well with me. Yeah. Um, But really setting those boundaries are a Mm -hmm. big too, especially when it comes to work, because I can tend to be a workaholic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Preach girl. (laughs) Welcome (laughs) to my life. Um, So I, I, you may like this framework. You may hate this framework. I don't know, but I make um, a distinction between like dirty self-care and fluffy self-care. Okay. So like to me, fluffy self-care is what like companies try and sell you, mm-hmm. which immediately makes me angry. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, do a face mask mm-hmm. once a week. Like, um, you need to, you need to get your nails done. That's self-care. Um, call your friend and talk for 10 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. okay, great. If those work for you. Right. But that's not digging the rot out. Mm-hmm. That's not, not getting rid of can that. Not everyone can afford to go to the spa. Yes. So then, what are they supposed right. to do? They, they can't here. Suffer. Right. suffer, just suffer forever. Like <laughs> that's what you do. You yeah. just shame yourself into not being good enough at self care, which is what happens. Exactly. So fluffy self care to me is what you do when you have the dirty self care down. Like you eat mm-hmm. foods that support your body. You sleep. You go outside. Mm-hmm. You don't deal with people 
who hate you or who you hate. Like you dig the rot out of your system, right? Like it doesn't matter how many fluffy things you do. If you want to die every day, Mm -hmm. we need to fix that. Exactly. That's a bigger problem. So, so I love that you make the distinction and then those things become maintenance, right? So like for me, the gym is very much maintenance now. Like I'm going, I pay a coach to program workouts for me Mm -hmm. because I knew that I would go Mm -hmm. to not let her down. (laughs) I'm like, I want to go and be a bad bitch, but also I pay you. (laughs) So we going, but like travel is something that for you is dirty self-care. Like that's not fluffy free, but for some people they're like, oh yeah, if I travel, you know, once twice a year, like whatever, or like never, that's totally fine. My boyfriend's that way. He's like, I don't care if I travel. And I'm like, okay, but I mean, like we're going places. (laughs) Or I'll see you when I get back. Right. Yeah. I'm like, either you're coming with me or you're not. Like I, I care, but like, I don't really care. Uh, I'm going. So it can definitely be very different for people, Mm -hmm. which I really love. So like for you, the maintenance sounds like it's more of things that you you do regardless of how much you're struggling. And then the things that make a difference for you are the things that we need to be very intentional about. Exactly. Yeah. I also think really, like when you say digging deep, Mm. you have to have self-love in order to have self-care. And I don't you know, know. I don't know that I agree with that. Okay. Why not? I, okay. Here's why. Okay. I yeah. agree, but then I don't think it has to start there. So okay. I have found that a lot of people want the feeling of self-love to come first. Mm-hmm. And then they'll practice self-care. Well, I don't love myself enough. That's why I don't take care of myself. Okay. Yes. They are correlated. Yes. What I have found is that if you do the actions, the feeling comes, right? If you like think about things you take care of, you love them. Mm -hmm. But also if you don't take care of it now, but you start taking care of it, you grow to love it. Like Mm -hmm. my stupid roosters. (laughs) I hate these birds. Like I don't even like chickens. I don't, I don't like them, but I take care of them. We had a turkey. Mm-hmm. that got attacked by a dog. And I like, like the turkey, but I don't like love the turkeys. Like, right. you know, I'm like, okay, I won't, I don't want you to die. Like right. I'll keep you alive, but like, I don't love you. <laughs> when he got attacked, he had to live in my shower for almost two weeks. Oh, wow. So me and this bird, thank goodness I have two showers in my house. It's a two bedroom house, two bathroom, thank goodness. But I would have put him in my actual shower if I had to. Mm-hmm. So like, we about to be real good friends. <laughs> but I had to take care of this bird multiple times a day. Like, for two weeks. And now he is my favorite turkey. Mm. He hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. He's the same bird he's been for six months, but I had to take care of him. Right. Now he's mine. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So self-care, self-love can come from self-care. I think you can enter that room through either door. I agree. I would agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. But I think people wait for the feeling to come and they end up waiting forever because you don't have to do thoughts first. You can take care of yourself and the feelings will come like confidence. You get confident playing the piano by practicing the piano. But you got to practice first. Right, right. And you got to be consistent. Yes, which again, dirty versus fluffy self-care. Like uh-huh. if you go on, if you go to the gym once a year. I'm not going to do no it. Longer, you're not making progress. Like, yeah. Me. <laughs> so what have you found to be some of the... Most impactful options? Maybe that's like the right question. Like things that you see work for the most number of people. Um, 
like what are those options that people typically do? So a lot of my clients, um, when they come back and they give me feedback, because I'm always checking in, kind of like, what are you doing for yourself? What's your self-care yeah. looking like? A lot of them are very big on, again, the morning routine, whether that's getting some exercise in Love or, it. you know, taking some time for themselves in the morning before everyone else wakes up to, you know, have their coffee or to meditate or to journal. Um, meditation, a lot of a lot of individuals say it's hard but they still, yeah. you know, um, that really, I feel works really well with people. And I would say just spending time with their friends and their family. Cause I feel like we isolate ourselves a lot. Right. And then we start to spiral and then we get into this loneliness state, you know, and so just really being intentional about spending time. So I'm also yeah. big, okay, what are you doing this weekend? What'd you do since I saw you last? Yeah. What fun things have you done? Who were you, right? Who did you hang out with? You know, did, did you hang out with the person that you come in here and talk about every week that you don't like? Or did <laughs> you intentionally say no to that? Way to call somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> did you intentionally say, no, I'm good on you and hung out with someone that, you know, motivated you and flourished and you good, you know, because we do it. So like, yeah, I don't, we I don't do like it. Amanda, but yeah, I'm still hanging out with Amanda. Like why? Why? Because I'm fabulous. That's why we're talking about that other Amanda. That's great. I, okay. There are two things that you say that's very much stood out to me. All of it is gold. So people go back and rewind. One is how intensely lonely people are. I did not realize. So I grew up um, in a Cuban family, which is very close. Like, is your um, is your family close like that? Like, are you guys, you are like very community rooted. Okay. So when you grow up in something, you like think it's normal, right? So I was like, oh, everyone has a big family that they love and spend time with. And I'm like, uh, it's a small island. We're all related. Probably they're just family. Like my dad is a very good example. Like you could drop him quite literally anywhere on this earth. You could drop him in the middle of the Russia-Ukraine crisis, Mm -hmm. not joking. And he would build a community. Mm -hmm. I don't know anyone who does it as well as him, as quickly as him. It is bananas to watch. So when that's your normal, you learn from it, right? Like thinking privilege, it extends into many things. So I was like, oh, like everyone has a community. It's never been hard to make friends. Like I grew up in team sports and like, so you naturally learn how to make friends. You have a team, you have a core people, like that's very normal. (sighs) People are so much lonelier. Mm -hmm. They're so lonely. We are so disconnected from each other even though we're hyper-connected, right? Like you can, you can really contact almost anyone in the world right now, but we're so lonely because people don't know. And I didn't realize like how many people don't know how to make friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that that's something you run into all the time. Like they don't know how to make friends or they've had rejection in the past and they just have no community. I'm like, well, who would you call if you, if you're having a problem? Well, I have no one. And I'm just like, Oh, little baby, like, (laughs) which is devastating. So we can definitely talk about like community as self-care because I think that is something that's missing for 99% of people. I agree. And you said play. Mm -hmm. And it is so underrated and underutilized. And it is so powerful. I tell people like you can't run from a bear 
and play at the same time. So if your body is in fight or flight, you can quite literally shift it mm-hmm. by just playing. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's so important. It's like, what do you do for play? And how do you, how do you help people build a community? Like, what's your framework for that? I am very big on, okay, what things are you comfortable doing by yourself? Let's start there. Wait, if that's nothing. If that's nothing, then we got to start from the bottom and go right. on. Right. We got to be like, God. So, what is it, what about going over here to this restaurant and sitting at the bar is making you uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Let's work on that uncomfortableness so then we can start getting you to be a little bit more comfortable. Um, very big on in the summertime here in Connecticut, we have a lot of like outdoor music yeah. every day of the week. There's some outdoor jazz, blues, awesome. country, rock, somebody's singing something somewhere. Get your chair, go sit outside, you know, just so that you're around other people. Even if you're not talking to anyone, you're still around other people. You're seeing other people interact. Maybe then you might want to talk to the person that's sitting next to you. And you're sharing an experience. Exactly. And you're doing something fun that you enjoy, right? You know, so I'm very big on like, Okay, let's figure out why you don't want to go out and do something by yourself. Mm-hmm. But you never know who you're going to meet. I am. Mm-hmm. I say this all the time. If I wait for you to go with me somewhere, I'm never going to get there. Right. I have to go and experience yeah. it because now I'm missing the experience. I'm all about the experience. Whether it's good or bad, it was an experience. One yeah. way or the other. So yeah. let's have some more experiences in your life, mm-hmm. whether good or bad. And now let's also work on those feelings of rejection and why yeah. you feel that way. Cause that's a big piece on why people don't make friends. Yes. You know, and kind of go from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I, <laughs> I give clients a framework that has never not worked for me. Mm-hmm. And I say, listen, if you like talk to someone and you think they're cool, I said, I, I say, I want you to tell them, Hey, you're really cool. Mm. We should be friends. <laughs> and I'm like, I've literally never had anyone say no. Because making friends as an adult is hard. It is. So if someone tells you, hey, I think you're really cool. Let's be friends. You're immediately like, oh my God, somebody likes me. <laughs> it's so exciting. And I'm like, then you have to invite them places. Like, right. You have to talk to them and say, hey, mm-hmm. I love that. your concert. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go? Yeah. And they're like, what if it's awkward? And I'm like, you're not going to die. And you're listening to music anyway, so you're not going to be talking. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You're with someone else. Fine. Oh, I love that. You're so right. Like community and play. I think if people can start working on those things, Mm -hmm. not that you'll be graded overnight. Like it's literally just a skill set. But if you can start working on those things, like you can make such a big impact Mm -hmm. with really like, not nearly as much effort. Like you put in 10% effort, you get a 70% impact. Like that leverage is crazy. Exactly. I also tell my clients, where do you go the most? Most of the time that's work. Mm. So who in your work setting can you start saying good morning to? Just that, just say good morning. I don't know why I've never thought of that. That's brilliant. Right. And then that will spark a conversation. Right. So now you're you're making friends within the place you go to the most. That right. might transfer out to, hey, we're about to go to happy hour. You want to come? Or yeah. let's go to this outside event on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So start where you go the most. If it's yeah. church, 
say hi. You know, most most yeah. churches they say turn to your left or your right and say hi to the person next to you. Mm-hmm. Once you say hi, then introduce yourself. <laughs> you know, right? Don't just say hi. Yeah. Hi, okay, yeah. hell, you know, and really start to just just mm-hmm. say hello. It you know it, it starts with a hello. I love that because a lot of people make it very complicated. Mm-hmm. Well, then what do I say next? How about how are you? <laughs> How was your weekend? Is there a holiday coming up? Talk about that. Yes. Yeah. Do you watch Stranger Things? What do you think about it? Do you watch Stranger? It really is a good show. Do you watch it though? I, I love it. Yes. I okay. just finished it yesterday. I just started it. Okay. Don't tell me about it because I'm a weenie when it comes to like scary things. <laughs> and the guy I'm seeing was like, he watches it and he's like, let's watch it. And I was like, you are going to hate me after this because I promise you I'm not going to sleep and you're staying up with me. Like, I'm going to be scared. Literally for days afterwards, I was like, okay, that thing is going to crawl through my wall. Like I'm going to go into the upside down and I'm going to die. Like there's no way that I'm surviving. So I uh, like, gave him the disclaimer. So that's what I, I Listen, I, I like people to be informed consent. I'm like, <laughs> when I'm pissed off that I can't sleep and it's your fault, mm-hmm. just know I'm calling you at 1am. Exactly. And he's always really nice about it. So I'm like, and you asked for this. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, funny. What else? What else we got? This is lovely. Like we covered so many things. I know. You do supervision as well, right? I do. I do. What is that like? Um, <laughs> it can be, could be a little uh, challenging at times. <laughs> Bringing babies is always so interesting. I'm like, where is your brain? But then I'm like, okay, self, your brain was there once too. Exactly. And so again, that's where I, my mindset goes to. It's a process. I've been yeah. here as well. And, and my goal is if I can help you, because I'm all about, I'm very big on collaborating over competition. Like there is enough space yeah. for all of us in this. 100%. So let's work together instead mm-hmm. of shooting each other down. Like I, And I, a rising tide lifts all boats, right? Like if I get better and I help you get better, who doesn't benefit from that? Exactly. Everybody does. Right. Right. So I'm very big on, I, this is, I, I'm here to help you get to be the best clinician that you can be. Yeah. And I'm also very big on learning from others. I tell my mm-hmm. clients all the time and my supervisees, I'm learning just as much from you as yeah. you are from me. Cause I don't know everything, you know, and what we yeah. don't know, we can figure it out together. So yes, <laughs> about teamwork. I find that that one down is so powerful because like people really look to us and it's been this way in the, in the field for such a long time. Like it's been drilled into people's heads that like we're the expert. And I'm like, listen, I have lived 0% of your life and you have lived a hundred percent of your life unless you were possessed by something, in which case you've lived 99% of your life. But like, that's way more than I've lived in it. Exactly. Like I was telling a client yesterday that has a chronic a physical condition mm-hmm. who has been dismissed by doctors mm-hmm. as that goes, mm-hmm. um, not listened to, like really has had things be wrong and has had a very hard time getting the correct treatment. Um, and they're like, well, like the, you know, the doctor dismissed it. And I was like, listen to me carefully. Said, so if you hear nothing that I say the entire time that we are working together, mm-hmm. no one knows you better than you. Exactly. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Nobody is the expert in your lived experience. Exactly. No body. Mm-hmm. So if someone is dismissing you, 
find someone else. Exactly. Rack them over the coals if you have to. Mm-hmm. Nobody can tell you like, oh, I have a pain. They had a pain in. Why would why why do they have a pain in their toe? Anyway, for some reason they had a pain in their toe. I don't remember the whole thing now, but my brain remembers the pain in the toe. And something was very wrong. And the doctor was like, oh no, that's you have no pain in your toe. And they're like, no, my literally my toe hurts. And the doctor's like, no. And they're like, it was broken. Don't you love it? I was broken. And I'm like, they're not an expert in like nobody knows your body, your experiences your thoughts, your, what your energy better than you, but like people outsource their knowledge to quote unquote experts, mm-hmm. which like, yeah, we have specialized knowledge, but I don't have specialized knowledge in their lived experience. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that makes me so sad for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no, you can wreck people over the coals. Like yeah. if yeah. they're not doing it, bro, call me. If I you- will happily tell you what to tell them. Mm-hmm. Advocate for yourself. I tell my clients that all the Self-care. time. Self-care. Exactly. You have to because you have you're to. absolutely right. That person's toe was actually broken and that doctor did not believe them. No. Mm-hmm. Just because they didn't want to. Right. Like how hard was it to send them for an x-ray? You had to do nothing except mm-hmm. send them for an x-ray. You didn't right. do the x-ray. Except believe them. Like, right. well, first of all, why are you in this field if you don't believe people? That part. Get out of the field. <laughs> Get out of the field. Like, I don't care. Jump off a bridge. Like, get out of the fucking field. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. No. Now, if my client is like, my arm has been cut off and it's obviously there, like, that's okay, a yeah. mm-hmm. that's a little, a little bit different. different. Yeah. But like, if you tell me, I feel like I'm going to throw up and I say, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. And then you throw up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that makes sense. Right. They're like, I'm having a panic attack. And I'm like, no, those are fake. <laughs> okay. Like, then I'm just bad at my job. Right. <laughs> like, that's not okay. <laughs> but self-advocacy is not only self-care, it's self-preservation. Yeah. And I love the the phrase quote, my brain stopped working just now, that self-care is self-preservation because yes. it is. Mm-hmm. An act of uh, political warfare or self-warfare or something, she says. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, there's so many forces that want us to suffer and struggle. And it is such an act of rebellion to say, you know what? Actually, my life gets to be easy. Mm -hmm. I get to be happy. Mm -hmm. I get to be whole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I don't need all this shit that you try and sell me. But that's the key is that you have to have that mindset Mm -hmm. that you deserve to be whole. Yes, Mm ma'am. Which comes from either going through the mind or just proving it to yourself by taking care of yourself. Exactly. Like my turkey. That's not my favorite turkey. Exactly. He's the same as the other turkeys. Except he lived in my shower for two weeks. Right. And now he's your favorite. Mm-hmm. And now he's my favorite. And he didn't even bite me. Like he was such a good boy. Oh. If I had to live in a shower for two weeks, I would be pissed. Oh, who are you telling? Like, I'd be like, get me out of here. Out of here. You are very rude keeping me. And I called it the shower B&B. I was like, please give me five stars. <laughs> Five out of five stars. Fed me all the time. <laughs> yeah. Love when it. you take care of something, you naturally have more affection and love for it. So it's like, if you're waiting for the self-love, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. It'll come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do people find you? Because you are fabulous, first of all. Like, yeah. love that clinicians like you exist. Thank <laughs> God. 
We are out here in these streets. So <laughs> out here in these streets. You can catch these words or you can catch these hands. Both are good. What or both. Both or both. Sometimes people need both. I'm like, listen, if you ask long enough, you get the truth and an ass whooping, sometimes they're the same thing. Yeah. But like love you so much. Exactly. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I'm like, listen, I I'm going to say this with love. Mm-hmm. And oh. it's probably going to hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. But I still love you. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, catch these hands. Yeah, I tell my clients that all the time. <laughs> like, you're going to not like me today. You're going to leave here and be like, but I say this with love. Oh, but I'll see you next week. Then right. <laughs> so, what time do you want next week? <laughs> it's okay. And they're just like, pissed. <laughs> love you, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm not here to lie to you. That's, right. I can't be the wrong. not self care. Right. Because that's not helping you or me. So, I'm like, yeah. always like that emoji like this. I'd be like, Mm. <laughs> right the shrug i have one client that like they always know when i'm going to call them out because people know right people know when they're just on their bullshit and i say it and she just busts out laughing and i'm just like that's the best response like i really called her out when she just busts out laughing she's like yeah i know and i'm like oh, so glad we got here <laughs> they're just so funny so how do people find you? So my website is www.innerullc.com. Y-O-U? Um, yep. I-N-N-E-R-Y-O-U. L-L-C.com. Uh, email Danielle Turner at com as well. If you want to reach out by e- email, I have two journals on Amazon, my morning mindset workbook. It's the an ultimate inner you. I know it's, this name is so long. The the ultimate inner you morning mindset workbook, and then the ultimate inner you self care workbook as well. So yes, yeah. wow. are you putting out a series of journals and workbooks? Okay, I may talk to you about that because it's something that I have very much wanted to do, but it seems very overwhelming. Not at all. Not at all. Oh, I love that you just said that. Now my brain is like, she's right. <laughs> it's not hard. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I may actually contact you about that because it's something that I wanted to do. Yeah. And then I I post the Purple Butterfly podcast. So. And you interview people and you also teach or you just do interviews? Just interviews. Mostly interviews. Yeah. Dude, isn't podcasting the funnest? It is. It is. I'm very much not one to like, I do do some speaking engagements, but I prefer to not really be in the spotlight. Mm -hmm. Um, So for the podcast, I could kind of be in the background, but still Mm -hmm. make you know, because I'm all about what can I do to make an impact on other people? Self-care. You know, exactly. I think it's self-care. Like mm-hmm. when we take care of others. Yes. With boundaries. Mm-hmm. Then we feel better. Like Exactly. You feel good. We're about meant you. to exist in community. Exactly. <sighs> You're fabulous. So are you. Let's be friends in your life. Okay. Clinician <laughs> <laughs> friends. <laughs> thank you so much like this was lovely yes i so enjoyed this conversation thank you this has been amazing you have been amazing so inner yes what about like social is are you on facebook instagram i am so both instagram and, and facebook same thing inner actually they're inner you clinical services llc on okay. both facebook instagram i am kind of journeying over to tiktok a little bit i got a few tiktoks out that there so that's inner you um i try to make a goal at least do five tiktoks a month not really work not really setting it but i'm getting there whatever <laughs> we're trying and then facebook i'm danielle turner so Love. Yeah. So please 
Friends, be friends me. I'm all I'm here for friends. (laughs) Oh, I love this. Yes. Everyone go do the self-care things. Yes, please. (laughs) We'll do that things. 